would um, speak through Josh tonight, God, as he ministers the word you've, you've spoken and downloaded into his spirit. Lord God, and we just open up our hearts to receive all that you have for us tonight. God, and we just give you all the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This song says, he gives us life exceedingly, abundantly, amen, above all that we could ask or think. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the life that we have in you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We're waking up tonight. When I think of your goodness and your love, Kindness, and I know that your grace is giving me life, giving me life. When I see your favor over me, I'm grateful, and I know that my Savior is giving me life, giving me
this place, God. And we just begin to bring a turn around our life. We thank you for breakthrough. God, over every situation, we thank you, God, that you have set us free. Thank you, God. Thank you. There's nothing like being free. 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 Won't you sing it to him? Say there's nothing, there's nothing like being free. There's nothing like being free. Come on and sing it again. There's nothing like, there's nothing like being free. There's nothing like being free. Hallelujah. Let's sing it again. There's nothing like being free. There's nothing like being free. Free. There's nothing like being free. Come and set us free tonight. There's nothing like being free. Cause where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty. Where the Spirit, where the in the spirit oh God for the things that you've called us to God we thank you Jesus that in this atmosphere tonight God that there is freedom God that there is liberty God and we just thank you Holy Spirit 
we welcome you into our, to this to uh, this atmosphere, into our life, oh God, that you would bring transformation from the inside out. God, we thank you for your word that's coming forth, oh God. Lord, we thank you that you would begin to, to, re to remove the blinders off of us, God, that we can see, God, where you're wanting to take us, that you would remove, God, anything that would block or hinder us from hearing your word tonight. Lord, and we just thank you, God, that we have open hearts to receive all that you have. God, and we just thank you for your blessings that are on us, blessings that are for us. God, we step in it. We walk in it tonight. Let me give you all honor, all glory, all praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good to see each of you tonight. We have praise kids. We're going to go work on our dance that we're, we're going to be presenting in just a few weeks and um, have a great time there. And I'm really excited. I know that um, Josh has a word that's burning in him that God already downloaded him days ago for tonight. So I know it's going to be powerful. And uh, we always um, have a good time in the Lord. So Josh, won't you come? And I know it's going to be great. Amen. All right. Good evening. I hope everyone is alive and well in the house of the God and those that are watching online tonight. And I'm excited because I, my wife asked me, she always asked me about titles, and I'm not much of a title person, but I said, you know what? If I had a title, it would be in, inheriting your promised land. You see, in Acts chapter 17... I'm going to share this with you, and then I'm going to share how I got my message. In verse 24, it says, The God who made all the world and the things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath in all things. And he made them one man, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. You see, God in his infinite wisdom placed you and I for such a time as this. We were created, we were made to live in the year 2022, 2020, 2019, ever before any of us were ever in our mother's womb. God in his infinite wisdom didn't take Moses and put him in this time because what Moses had back then would not work now. And God didn't take David from back then and bring him forth to this time. No, God has reserved the ecclesia, his global church, and he has put inside of us a resounding DNA for us to prosper and to move into every situation and overthrow the powers of darkness and to establish the kingdom of heaven. See, David wouldn't be good now, but we would not be good in the time and the season that David lived in. And that is how wonderful and mighty and majestic our God is, that he scanned across eternity and said, no, I need Erica here now for such a time as this. And because you were placed by God in this infinite time, by his wisdom, not the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of the Almighty, you have a purpose. And in that purpose is your promise. And in that promise is a place for you to dwell. A habitation, a place for you to visit with God, a place for you to prosper beyond your means, a place for you to set up a, a, a holiness and worship to him, an atmosphere to change for the kingdom of God. And so Sunday, we, I had to stay late at the, because I'm halfway the IT person for the church, and had to stay late at the other church, and I think it was about 4 or 4.30 before we got to lunch, and we ate and got home. It was almost 7 o'clock, and about 7.30, I'm getting I'm like, man, I'm tired. I'm getting ready for bed. So I get ready to go change my clothes, and all of a sudden, I hear this voice that says, Deuteronomy chapter 7. And I'm like, that's just my flesh. And then I hear it again, Deuteronomy chapter 7. And I'm thinking, Deuteronomy? I'm tired, God. There ain't no Deuteronomy. You can Deuteronomy tomorrow. But right now, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. 
And I heard it again, and I'm like, okay, Josh, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. You've been at church all day. You have done nothing else. And now a scripture with a voice is popping out to you. You're not that intelligent. Go read Deuteronomy chapter 7. So against all the will of my flesh, against all the struggle of the enemy, turning off football and sitting around in my pajamas, instead of watching TV Sunday night, I pulled out and I started to read Deuteronomy chapter 7. And when I got to it, I said, oh, yes, this is a now word for the body. And I believe it is. I believe it's for my life, but I believe it's for your life. I believe it's for your life. I believe it's for everyone under the sound of my voice. Those that are watching online, those that are in here, and those that will yet to see it. I believe that God is bringing his people into a land to possess. You know, we say we're the land of the free, but I, my wife and I had this discussion the other night. When the government starts to tell you when you can eat with people on the holidays, you're not really living in a free nation. Come on, let's be real. And so we are fighting back for our freedom, and we will be free, just as we sung that song. You know, I'm so glad my wife sung that song because I, I was thinking of that song tonight as I was getting ready to come here, that I am free, that God has called us to be free. Whoever the sun sets free, come on, is free indeed. And so I believe that we are freedom. We live in freedom. God has granted us freedom. And no man, no power, no principality, no demonic spirit can take that freedom. The only way you lose your freedom is if you surrender it. But along the way to your promise, there will be many trials and tribulations. There will be many battles. There will be hours of prayer burning the midnight oil. There will be tears. There will be battles that you fight. There will be giants that you face in the land. But all of this is not to hinder you, but God uses enemy forces to strengthen you. You never know how strong you are until you're pushed to a place where you have to stand and fight. And I believe that God has been training His church for such a time as this. I believe that things haven't come easy to us by His own hand. And the reason I believe that is because He had to strengthen us. See, if you get everything all the time just with a little prayer, you never know how to travail. You never know how to fight. You never know how to push through. We don't train our military with easy training. We put them through hard, tough situations. I know. I was there. I was put in a sewage ditch, and then I was told to go to bed, and none of us got to shower until the next evening. What were they doing? They were breaking mindsets of weakness. They were pushing us to a place where we didn't sleep. They were pushing us to a place of exhaustion. They were pushing us beyond the boundaries that we think we could mentally or physically handle and made us realize that what we thought we would have quit on, we could go so much further. And I believe that God is doing that for his people because, because in order to manage something, order for God to give you something, you have to be able to handle it. And I believe that if God poured out blessings on us ahead of time, we would just mess them up. We would, I know, I know, if my dad gave me a car at 12, I probably wouldn't be here because I was not able to conceptually understand how to operate a vehicle in safety and driving on highway 42 and these crazy drivers and around these curves at 55 miles an hour much less if you're going down highways la 16 towards denim springs but no there was a maturity process come on we give a permit and then you go to driver's ed and then you ride around with your parents and they say prayers you've never heard and then, <laughs> and then you get a license. And then eventually, you're able to drive on your own. 
And so I was like, man, Lord, Deuteronomy. Do you know what Deuteronomy means? Deuteronomy means second law. Deuteronomy is what Moses wrote, the last book that he wrote. And it was reminding Israel about all of God's promises and his covenants for him if they would walk with him. Because, see, he gave the Ten Commandments, and as they're getting ready to go into the promised land, God starts to speak to them, Deuteronomy, through Moses. And he starts to remind them, if you do this, then you will have that. But if you disobey me, then, you know, this will happen, and this will happen. And this entire book is an expanded version of the promises of God and the laws and ordinances he set up for his people as he was bringing them into a land. So I'm going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 7, and I might go to some other scriptures, but I'm going to start there. And, and, and at first this, it says, number one, uh, verse 1, When the Lord your God brings you into the land where you're entering to possess it and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gagashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Pezzatites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and just because Louisiana, we're going to say the termites. All the ites. And he says, I'm just joking. And he says this, seven nations greater and stronger than you. I wrote this, all these nations were stronger than Israel. But see, in order to have victory, you don't have to be the strongest. I don't know. I wrote this in my notes. He says, and when the Lord your God delivers you before, uh, uh, the Lord your God delivers them before you and you defeat them, then you shall utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them and show no favor to them. Listen to me. You don't have to be the strongest to win. All you need is God on your side. All of these nations were stronger than Israel. They were not ready to fight them, but God brought them out and he delivered them into the hand of Israel. I mean, all of us guys had probably been in fights in this room before. You know, surely I've had my share. Surely I've trained uh, in, in the military and combatants and hand-to-hand combat and pugil sticks and all that. And I think of Samson. I mean, the man picked up a donkey's bone. A, a, a jawbone of a donkey and slaying a thousand men. I mean, I wouldn't take on ten men with a bone of a jo- uh, you know a jawbone of a donkey. And this man, but the power of God came upon him and equipped him and enabled him to take out a thousand. I mean, a thousand men. That is crazy. When you look at David and his mighty men and the men that they took down and they slew by the hundreds. When they were just few. It's why? Because there is an anointing that comes upon you from God. And even though you may not be the strongest, you may not be the most equipped, you may not be the smartest, you may not have the pedigree. But what you do have is the Holy Spirit. And when he empowers you, it doesn't matter what human credentials anyone has. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he is a game changer. He flips the script. I mean, you look at David and the life of David. I mean, David's father felt, thought so little of him that he didn't even send him out as one of his sons for the prophet Samuel to look at. I mean, there were seven sons there, and where's David? David's in the field because I didn't even think of inviting him because surely, surely he's not what God wanted. And uh, Samuel said, for man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. And he says, after he destroyed them, he said, Furthermore, you shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, and you shall not take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. And the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will quickly destroy you. Listen, if they're not a believer, we need to protect our children from them. Come on. We need to shield them. Shut it down. Go into prayer and fasting. I don't care what you got to do. But listen, 
do not yoke yourself or do not let your seed or your grandchildren yoke themselves with someone who is not of God. Because the word is very clear because it will cause them. That's what Solomon felt. He's the wisest man, yet he had over 300 wives. And he married foreign women. And in the latter days, even though Solomon was so smart, so educated, built the temple, heart for God. In the latter days of his life, Solomon worshipped idols and false gods. Why? Because of the women he was linked with caused him to go into a place of idolatry. Verse 5, but you shall say to them, uh, but you shall do to them, and you shall tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and hew down their shirium and burn their graven images with fire. Man, we have got to get that spirit of Josiah back in the church. He went down and tore down all the idols. Come on, all the places of worship, all the things that defile. And the graven images, I'm just going to tell you, that's ancient pornography. I'm going to be real. That's what it is. They made pictures of body parts and lewd acts and all kind of stuff. And you say, well, I don't know. Man, Roman and Greek culture was full of that stuff. So porn is not new. It has existed thousands of years. It's just changed in its format. But it has always been around. And idolatry, and I'm just going to tell you, all these false religions that these other uh, nations were with, they all have crazy sexual parties and celebrations and things. And, and it's just, it's, 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 it's wild and it's disgusting. And so we are people of God that we're supposed to be holy. And we need to tear these places down. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I just this is a personal story. When the tilted kilt came over here, on um, with Tanger Mall area, what's right next to the walk-ons. And uh, I, I said, no, nope, nope, not in my town. And I'm going to tell you, we have prayed, Beth and I, we would just ride by that place and say, you're not going to bring that raunchy stuff in our town. Because all it is is exposing women's bodies with bar food. Let's just be real. And the food probably ain't even good. I don't know. I've never been. But it's just probably bar food with young girls and nasty men going over there. And I said, you're not coming in our town. And I'll tell you what, it opened up and then it shut down. And then it went under new ownership. And I said, "Uh uh-uh, you're not coming in this town. And it shut down. And so I'm just believing. I'm just going to tell you, I'm believing at every strip club in Ascension Parish, you got to get on out. Because the church of Jesus Christ is standing up, and women are not objects, come on, that have been made by God for men to have lustful issues. Women are uh, uh, vessels, come on, they are pure, they are holy, and they are a gift from God, but they're not objects. And so I'm just telling you, I'm believing, that's part of tearing down the altars. That's part of tearing down sacred pillars where perversion is worship that's part of tearing these things down he says verse six for you are a holy people unto god come on be ye holy for i am holy the new testament tells us that for the lord god has chosen you to be a people of his own possession out of the peoples who are on the face of the earth verse seven for the lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more than number than the peoples for you were the fewest of all peoples but but Because the Lord loved you and kept the oath when he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand, come on, and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I believe that God is about to deliver his people in such a way. I said this Sunday in New Orleans, not here, but I just felt it. I felt it so strong. That God is moving in his church, but there's going to be even a greater realm that the kings of the earth, listen to me, in the future, the kings of the earth are going to be so irritated because God's people are frustrating them that they're just going to give you stuff. Just like Pharaoh, they just gave the church, gave the people of Israel everything. They walked out with the silver and gold and on their way to their own land. Get away from me. All you do is call harm from me. I don't want anything to do against the church. And I just believe that's the place that God has taken his people. 
Because we're crossing the Jordan. Come on, we're going into our promised land. We're not staying where we've been. The church in the days ahead is going to be a giant. Listen to me, a giant to be contended with. You see, and you start to look at our culture, and you start to look at our word. At one time, years and years ago, there was respect for clergy, whether you went to church or not. But that respect has dried up. Come on, the value of ministerial staff and pastors has decreased in the eyes of the world. But I'm going to tell you that there's about to be an awakening and they're going to see people in the people of God in such a different way. And they're going to be like, you know what? I don't believe what they believe, but I am not going to mess with those people. Verse 9, for therefore they knew that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. But he repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. Well, I would not want to be an enemy of God because he's saying, I'm going to repay them face to face. Now, I think we've all felt the chastisement of the Lord, and thank God we repented. But, man, God has never come to me as an individual face-to-face -face and say, I'm about to deal with you. That is a scary place to be. And he repays those who hate him face-to-face -face and destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him face-to-face. -face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I am commanding to you today to do them. And in verse 12, it shall come about because you listen to these judgments and keep them and do them that your Lord, your God, will keep you with his covenant and his love and kindness, which he swore to your forefathers. Verse 13, he will love you. Come on, I love when I feel the love of God. Come on, he will love you and bless you and multiply you. Come on, and he will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground. Come on, I believe in the blessing of the Lord on work and all that we do. Listen to me, church. When the Spirit of God is inside of you, and you're in covenant with Him, and you honor Him, just as Abel did, I don't care what you do. Wherever you put your feet, that ground should produce fruit. Come on. The Lord has created this whole thing. Satan didn't create the universe. Satan didn't create the atmosphere. He didn't create the waters and, and the sky. He didn't create the land. He didn't create the animals. No, he just tries to hijack them and use them for his purposes. But the Lord, come on, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so whatever I do as a representation, as a child of the Most High. Whatever I do with his stamp of approval and blood on my life, come on, that ground cannot stay hard. That ground cannot not produce. Where I put my foot, come on, where I plant my seed, I'm expecting harvest. Why? Because his word says so. He will love you and bless you. I'm going to read it again and multiply you. And he will bless the fruit of your womb. And the fruit of your ground, your grain, and your new wine, and your oil, an increase of your herd, and the young of your flock in the land in which he swore your forefathers to give. And you shall be blessed above all peoples. Come on. I'm blessed. Amen. Above all peoples. Why? Is it because of my name? Because of the way I look? Because how tall I am? No. Because of him. I am blessed of all peoples. There will be no male or female barren among you. Or your cattle. That means multiplication. Come on. Multiplication. Now, we don't own cattle, but we own money. Come on. We own stocks. We own uh, some of us own properties and businesses and all kind of different things. Man, it can't stay barren. It has to produce because God said it has to produce. And the Lord will remove from you all sickness. Come on, church. Come on, I'm believing that we're going to so tap into the realm of God and the Spirit that we're not going to have sickness in the church. We're not going to have sickness in the church. Disease and things may be outbroken everywhere, but it's not going to come on His people. And you say, well, that's crazy. But if I go back to the book in, in, the, in, the, in the beginning, and when they're in Egypt, and they're in captivity, even when they were in captivity, that when God caused the darkness to come, so it's such a thick darkness that you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face, it said it was dark in Egypt, but it was light in Goshen. And God's people didn't have that uh, smothering darkness upon them. And the plagues came. 
really the plagues were ten, the ten judgments against the Egyptian gods, and I can go through all of that, but that's another time. But the, the Ra is considered the sun god and their most high god, and yet God said, okay, you worship the sun, I'm going to blot it out. And the Lord will remove from you sickness, and he will not put any of the harmful diseases of Egypt which you have known, and he will lay, and, but he will lay on them all who hate you. And you shall consume all the peoples whom the Lord God will deliver you. Your eyes shall not pity them, nor you shall serve the gods, for that will be a snare to you. If you say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispose of them? You shall not be afraid of them. Come on. You shall, you shall well remember that the Lord your God did to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. We spend most of our lives afraid of other humans. But they're just a man. They're just a man. And most of these tyrants are weak, puny little men. Just being real. They are the way they are because they have the spirit of rejection and they think empowering their authority upon someone makes them a man. No, it just shows the issues you have in your heart. But the Word of God says, don't fear the one who can destroy the body, but fear the one who can destroy both body and soul. And so if I fear man, then I'll betray God. But if I fear God, I'll reject the plan of man. And you shall not be afraid of them. You, will well, you shall well remember what the Lord God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw and the signs and wonders in the mighty hand out of the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought out. So you shall... So shall the Lord God do all to the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord God will send the hornet against them. That's a, that's a cool thing to study. I'm not going to talk about it tonight, but the hornet. A stinging spirit. Until those who are left and hid themselves do not perish. You shall not dread of them for the Lord your God in your midst and a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will clear away these nations before you little by little. You will not be able to put up, um, you will not be able to put an end to them quickly for the wild beasts would grow too numerous for you. See, God, that's what I'm talking about. He's been training us little by little. He did, look, we are in the exact pattern that Israel was all those times ago. I mean, think about this. For the first, in 2020, for the first time ever since the angel of death came across and they put the blood of the lamb on the uh, doorpost at Passover. 2020 was the first time Israel was shut in like that again. And now God is moving his people and we are moving into a place of promise and destiny. But he is doing it little by little so that the ravenous beasts, come on, and, and that we don't grow so quickly, so fast, that we're not able to handle it. Because when the spotlight comes on you, everything comes out. And the church would have not been able to stand years ago, but I believe that God has been creating in the background, just as the valley of dry bones, that he's been putting together the flesh, and he's been putting together all the ligaments and tendons, and now the Holy Spirit is now blowing across the body of Christ. He's now moving across the body of Christ globally, and he is about to raise up a vast army. Not for military purposes, but a vast army to take the land for the kingdom of God. A vast army to bring in billions of souls for a harvest that the Lord would reap. Because seed has been planted, 
Come on. Seed has been planted in this earth, and it is now time for the reaping of the harvest of souls to come into the kingdom of God. And so I believe that while it's been tough, that we are coming into a joyous time. Sure, there will always be tribulations and trials. Sure, there will always be things that happen. But I believe that there is going to be some major bumps in the road very soon. Very soon. And it may look like it's getting a little worse. But I'm going to tell you that there is going, debt is going to end really quickly. It's like when you're in a plane and you're in the middle of a storm in a plane and you can't see around you and you got the turbulence going up and down. But as soon as you drop below those crowds, or, or if you're ascending, as soon as you get above the storm, it's blue skies. And I believe that we're in that last push that we're going to see things start to shake at a higher level. But God has not taken His church in that place, and He does not want us to be fearful of anything. He wants us to know that He has a plan and a purpose and a place for us. And that if the Spirit... I mean, I watched um, David the other night, one of the plays from uh, the Sound of Sight Theater, and, you know, the disciples were so scared. They were in that boat, and they thought they were going to die. And you say, well, you know, that's probably some. If I got in a boat I feel, and it was stormy, I'd feel like I want to die. But these were fishermen. This is what they did. They grew up on the water. They were used to being in storms. I mean, if you go fishing out here in, 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 in the spillway or something like that in Louisiana, man, that rain's going to come down on you at some point, and it hurts like needles. But, I mean, this is what they, they were fishermen. They knew. They knew the tides. They knew the weather. They understood, and yet they were so panicked that, that they, they thought they were going to die, and they're waking Jesus up. Boy, and Jesus came and just, whoo. Spoke to that storm. And I believe that God is speaking to storms. And while they seem to be intensifying, eventually they're going to shut off. He will deliver, verse 24, He will deliver kings into your hands so that you will make their name perish from under heaven. No man, come on, no man will be able to stand before you until you have destroyed him. Listen, men, I'm just going to tell you what I believe. The prophets of the old, the apostles of the old, the first church, they were not afraid of men in power. And matter of fact, I mean, you think about it. Samuel was a pretty brave dude to go up to Saul and say, just as your garment has been ripped, so has your kingdom been ripped from your hands. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he told him. Do you know that Saul could have had Samuel executed on the spot? He wasn't afraid. And people of God, we need not be afraid of man, especially ungodly structures. He said, the graven images are God. You are to burn with fire. Come on, just get rid of it. You know what I mean? Just get rid of it. I mean, can you believe this has got me mad? Because I'm, I, I'm finding that I have a five-year-old and I have trouble finding stuff that he can even watch on TV. And I'm like, you know, I looked at my, both my boys and I have to remind myself of Acts 17 because I'm like, man, you were born in a pandemic? Come on, you were born in a time where everything is crazy. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty, out of 10 to 10, it's on a 12. I mean, we're pretty much living in a crazy world. It, nothing shocks us anymore. I mean, we've got elderly people getting stabbed on the street. I mean, we got young teens beating up elderly people, people throwing at people in front of subways. And, and, and now we had a, a, a political official assassinate in Las Vegas a news reporter because he didn't like the articles that he was writing about him, so he followed him to his house and killed him. I mean, we are living in crazy times. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, why... Why did I have children in this time? I mean, why? And he reminds me of Acts 17. For I have set them for this time for a purpose in their wisdom. I mean, uh, we had to get rid of some cable the other day because there is a new show, a new show, that a woman was impregnated by Satan and the Antichrist is their child 
and, and it's been following them for 13 years, which is the witch's covenant. I mean, God's number of government is 12. The demonic world's government number is 13. That's why they had the 13th gate in Baton Rouge. And it's like, are you serious? This is on TV. Regular TV. By a company, I'm not going to say their name, but you would all know is producing this content that's supposed to be a family company. And you're producing something about the Antichrist? And I'm just like, man, this is just wild. Never has it been so public and pushed in our face. Never have we had these types of things just pushed in our face. I mean, you're trying to watch the Tigers play, and they got crazy commercials coming on. I, I mean, I literally have to walk around the house, doing foot, even when football's on, with a remote in my hand because you don't know what's about to come on that screen. And yet we have millions of homes in this nation that is just receiving this over and over and over. Why is people killing people? Because they're being programmed over and over. They're hitting, getting hit with messages. It's in, it's in social media. It's on the video games. It's in the movies. Everywhere you go, they're pushing messages of violence. And not only violence, but viruses. Now, you want to see something crazy? On your own time, go look at the Olympics opening ceremony from 2012. You will see a grim reaper walking around with a vaccine syringe. And you will see kids in hospital beds everywhere taking vaccines. And people dying of a virus. Now this is 2012. We know what happened eight years later. This happened in London, which is one of the financial centers of the world. This is where the Olympics were. Don't tell me it wasn't planned. Because you can go watch the Olympics and the Olympic Committee with the gathering of the nations was putting this on as an opening ceremony. It's diabolical plan. It's a plan from the pits of hell. But nonetheless, verse 25, the graven image is their God. You are to burn with fire. For you shall not covet the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves or be snared by it. For this is an abomination to the Lord. The reason why the church is in the way it's in, because some of the churches have sold out for money. For money. And, and people are like, no, the church, Judas did. 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver Judas traded the Messiah for. The religious church has sold out for money because they would rather have performances in stadium seating and the finest coffee in the 15-minute TED Talk with the three-point next steps of your life to make you feel connected instead of get down here and tell you the truth and even if it rubs someone the wrong way come on that they know that there's a god in heaven and that there's the power of the holy ghost but they don't want to pray for power they want programs see we had the church itself has even been programmed to be a program and we have to break out of that because God is not into programs. God is into salvation. Come on, restoration, deliverance, healing, miracles, signs and wonders, the preaching of the word of God. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they didn't come for a program. No, he got up under the unction of the Holy Spirit and started to speak. And they all heard it in different languages. And 3,000 was added to the church. Why? Because there was a demonstration of power. And I believe that God is wanting his church to be raised up in power in this season, in this time. If you have power, if prayer is working, if people are being touched, saved, healed, restored, delivered, come on, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me. This is what Jesus came. He didn't say He came to build synagogues. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the good news. Come on, 
To bind up the brokenhearted. What is it? To set the captive free, to, you know, to make the blind see, to heal the sick, raise the dead. He fulfilled Isaiah. The prophecy in Isaiah. And that is what we're supposed to do, church. I, I'm just going to tell you, the same God that lives in heaven today is going to look at the Western church, the American church, and he is the same God that is God over Africa. He's the same God that's God over Nicaragua and all these third world countries where some of them walk to church. And we have people that don't come because it's raining outside. Some of these people live in mud huts, yet they will walk hours to hear a man or woman of God. Because there's a hunger. Because they haven't been consumed with blessings. Come on. They have, they have remembered their God because it's all they have. I love Brother David Hogan because he talks about that. He said the people in our region, he's a, he's a missionary. He's from Louisiana, but he's a missionary in the Mexican mountains. And they're raising dead. And he said, our people trust us because there's nowhere else to go to. They don't have hospitals all over the place. They don't even have churches. One lady walked eight hours dragging her two dead daughters. And yet, when they got there, she's like, please pray for them. And he said, no, we'll pray tomorrow. Because we're going to pray all night tonight. Now, I know a mother would be in a wreck. My daughter's just died. And you're telling me i got to wait eight hours? But she had no choice. And when they prayed for those girls, they rose up just like that. We have too many choices. We have cell phones. Instead of calling and praying to God, we'll call somebody else. We'll start to talk to them about our problem. We'll start to communicate with another human being, and next thing you know, we've been on the phone eight hours, but we ain't prayed five minutes. And we wonder why we walk in defeat, and we wonder why we have no victory. For God is at the tip of your tongue. It's just that easy. We have to cry out and say, Lord, move upon my behalf. Hear me, O God. Father, for I humble myself before you. Father, I ask that you would help me today. O God, just as David was at Ziglag and things didn't seem to go wrong, O God, and he strengthened himself in you. O God, I take up strength and I gird myself inside of you, O Lord, that you would move upon my behalf, O God. Father, that you would set the things right. Lord, that you would turn around every situation. But we don't want that. We want someone to empathize with us, to make our soul feel better. But listen, soulish living got us in this place. I would rather the miracle. I would rather the breakthrough. I would rather to see God turn things around. In verse 26, For you shall not bring an abomination into your house, and like it come under the ban, you shall utterly detest it, and you shall utterly abhor it, for it is something banned. Man, we need to have a stance. I mean, I'm just going to be real with you. Sometimes I go into Christians' homes and I'm seeing stuff and I'm like, you shouldn't have that in your house. There are spirits attached to certain things. I'm just going to be real. We got, I mean, I'm just, uh, Halloween's a perfect, I'm just riding in my neighborhood, people that go to church, and they got grim reapers all over their house and stuff. I'm like, what are you thinking? Why? The hell is already active enough. Why are you putting a, a sign out there and say, here, come over here, come over here. You're free to hear. The only ghost in my house is going to be the Holy Ghost. All that other stuff, forget about it. I mean, do we not understand that All Hallows' Eve is a demonic, satanic holiday that is inspired to worship the devil, yet we will have millions of Christians that go around and participate in that? Man, you, you talk about people. Man, people get murdered on that night. Religious sacrifices. It's real, folks. We can't play with this stuff. There is power in the blood. And the demonic realm understands it a little bit more than the church. But we have the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need to be able to stand in that. So I just challenge you that anything, you know, that is an idol, 
Come on, anything that's an abomination to God, anything that's not pleasing to God in our soul, we've got to get rid of it. Why? Because God is bringing his people to a place, a place of promise, a place of land of milk and honey, a place where there's vineyards that we did not plant, a place where there's buildings that we did not build, a place where there's finance and increase upon our life, a place where there's health and healing and restoration, and a place that where your children and your grandchildren and your family members and your loved ones and, and, your, and, and, and the people that you do life with can grow and be moved of God. And to have his presence for each of our homes, our places, our residence, wherever we live. For they should be like, they should be like places where the ark of the covenant dwelt. That God's presence is in this place. That God's peace is in this place. And so my challenge us tonight is that number one, Know that you have been put here for such a time. Oh, what would it have been like to live like? No, God, in his wisdom, put you here for this time. You are alive in September of 2022 because God saw fit in his infinite wisdom that you needed to be here. Acts 17 is the chapter if you want to look at that. Number two, we've got to have our life right. Man, listen, we are moving in a place where... There are different levels of judgment of God. And we're moving in a place to where God is causing His church to have to come up in our character, in our holiness, in our walk with Him, in the things that snag us, we're going to have to cut away. Because even when, um, you know, when they lied to the apostles in the church about giving, And the land and the price that they sold it from, they instantly died. Why? Because there was a level of glory in that place, in that region, on those men. If they did that today, they may have not died with some of these ministers. I'm just being real. But because of the weighty presence of God that was in the place, the kabod, the glory of God, there was instant judgment. And I believe that that's where the church is going to be. I believe in the days ahead that the church is going to be a place for the healing. Come on. I believe, I've seen it, that there will be people lined up coming to church for prayer because medicine had failed them or insurance is too expensive and they can't afford it and and the hospitals don't have the staff and all these things and all these issues we have in our health care system and and the drugs aren't working and the cancer's not going away and and the disease is not going away and God, and they're going to say, well, the only place I have left is God. In the church, we have to be ready. We have to be ready because I know this is God's heart. He said, listen, I know this. Jesus, I'm going to finish with this. Jesus, when he went into the temple and he said that my house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And he took the whip and he ran out the money changers and those profiting off people and selling things, he ran them out. The next thing that Scripture says happened, it says, then the blind and the lame came into the temple, and they were healed. See, Jesus cleansed the temple, and then the blind and the lame came in, and they were healed. See, I believe that this is what God is doing. He's been cleansing his church. He has been redeeming his church. For he says that I'm coming for a bride and without spot nor wrinkle or any such mark. Well, let me tell you, we're still under cosmetic care. Because we got some wrinkles and we got some marks. But don't worry, the Holy Ghost is going to iron them out. But I'm telling you that as the church is cleansed and the game has stopped and it's not about society and it's not about uh, publicity and it's not about I go to church for social status and it becomes heartfelt worship and that we create a fire an altar of fire come on and in Leviticus he says the fire of the altar shall never go out and when that's created and the people of God are hungry and the temple has been cleansed I'm telling you right now the lame and the blind are coming in 
And they may be physically lame or physically blind, or they may be spiritually lame and blind, but they're coming in. And God's desire is to touch them. And the great news is, is that we are people that can be those vessels in which he uses to touch. But it's up to us. Will we honor the Lord God with all our heart, all our strength, all our might? Or will we continue to weave in and out? Some days I'm on fire for God. Some days I'm not. Some days I'm on fire for God. Some days I'm not. This is what most of us has done our whole life. Our whole life. But just as the Lord spoke to me Sunday night, and my flesh didn't feel like it because I felt I was entitled to rest, to read this word, which I believe has had impartation tonight in my life, at least in my life. I'm preaching to myself. You're just on the ride to listen. In my life, if I didn't discipline myself to take the time to read to what God showed me, how can I ever expect to have more? And so we've got to push in. Come on, we've got to pray, church. Come on, we have got to be hungry on the inside. I'm getting to a place where I don't even like TV. I told my wife, I said, the really, I have served God 20 years now, faithfully, 20 years, been saved in church. But man, he has been changing me over the last, I'm just going to be honest with you, God has been changing me over the last few months. There is a place where nothing else satisfies but his presence. And I've always loved this presence. And I've always had a love for God. And I've always had a love for his word. But it is so much more. And I'm like, I can't even live normal life anymore because I just want Jesus. And he is changing me. And I'm going to tell you, you know, one place that we need to see change the most in the church, and I'm going to wrap up and pray. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to shut this. Is our worship teams. Because I'm going to tell you, we have a whole generation that wants to worship in music, but they won't read the Word. And as elders and leaders in the church, we have to change that culture. Because listen, how can you worship God if you don't read His Word? Because you're only worshiping what you think God is. But His Word is what keeps us grounded. And if I don't have his word, I'm not grounded. And I can make up imaginations of who I think God is. And therefore, I have just created an idol of God in my own Christian faith. See, this word is the ground for everything. And I must take this over every prayer of a pastor. Come on. I must take this over every message of a pastor. I must take this over every message of an apostle or prophet. It is contradictory to the written Logos text. That is not God speaking. I'm just going to tell you, he will never contradict this word because it is his word written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through man. But it is his word. And a matter of fact, if you look at manuscripts and how books and content is written... It's a whole nother level, but as they multiply it and they go through the editorial process, I know about this because I work in publishing, then the more manuscripts are printed, the accuracy increases. And I'm going to tell you that this book has been translated, written by multiple men on every single continent over thousands of years. From Moses to the book of Revelation has been written in several generations, through a thousand years, through the law, the prophets, everything. And the, here's the deal. It has one theme all the way from the beginning to the end. That God is love. That he sent his son to redeem us. Even from the moment that they sinned in the Garden of Eden, he sent his son to redeem us. It was never a question. God always had a plan for us. Yet, if I pass the book and we wrote it in here... And I said, oh, you write one chapter, and you write one chapter, and you write one chapter, and you write one chapter. It would be a, a mess. Our theme would probably not be consistent. And we're all living at the same day and age. So that's how we know that this is the Word of God. Because it has held and steadfast to everything printed from beginning to end. Father, I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your people, God. Father, I pray over every person watching online 
in every person in this room, oh God, Father, that you would stir up in them the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Father, that you would move upon them, oh God. Father, that you would shake them in the midnight hour, oh God. Father, that they would find hunger and desire for you, oh God. Father, that you would help your church grow. For our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. That we have spiritual weapons. Weapons that you have given us, Lord. Prayer, fasting, giving, worship, reading of the word, quoting the scripture, declaration. All of these things, God, you have given us and equipped us to fight. You have caused us and have called us to be victorious. And Father, that it is time for the Lamb, the church, to become a lion and a roaring voice in this world. I thank you for what you're doing, God, but I know that it's just the tip of the iceberg. Father, for it is your desire to bless your children. It is your desire to bless your people. It is your desire to move your church into a prominent voice in this time, in this season. Father, it is your desire to break the jaw of the enemy and the voices that are causing people to fear and live in doubt and worry and unbelief. I thank you, God. I praise you, God. And I ask that you move upon us today. Bless your people. Strengthen us. Fill us fresh and anew. And help us shake off every hindrance as we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for joining us tonight. Pastor Garland will be back Sunday morning ministering here at 9 o'clock in Gonzales and 11 a.m. in New Orleans. We hope that you can join us. Listen, come to our church. And online ministry is great. And understand that things happen in life. But come to our church. Listen, there is a move of the Spirit in our churches. You can feel you can feel the hunger, and you can feel the presence of God. And I just ask you and invite you to come to service, and we would love to greet you, meet you, talk to you, and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.